Okay, so in today's episode, we're going to be talking about stress, okay? And the role that stress kind of has on everything. So the stress is going to be like the umbrella. Then underneath that, we're going to talk about how it's going to impact weight loss, mental health, sleep quality, and then how they tie in together. So we'll probably be dotting around all over the place in regards to the impact the stress plays. We'll try and keep some degree of structure, eh, Matt? <laughs> yeah, he'll make a change. <laughs> yeah. so you know a bit more about, I think, the, the scientific, I say, is probably the best word. Yeah, I, I work a lot with um, people with stress and anxiety with the, the hypnotherapy side of the world, and even the massage side of the world to a degree, which is how I then got into hypnotherapy anyway, uh, because trying to help people with tense uh, shoulders and neck um, doesn't matter how much massage you do. Yeah, they feel great afterwards, but they're going to go back to their stressful life, uh, that anxiety, and then they're, they're just going to be exactly the same as they were before they came in. So hypnotherapy for me was a, a natural step forward to helping clients. Uh, so one of the things that I'm quite passionate about um, is, uh, and I, I talk a lot of, to my clients, is about the stress hormone cortisol, uh, which uh, is naturally produced in the body. Now, for me, a good description of it is it's like caffeine. It spikes in the morning to wake you up. It increases slightly throughout the day. And then after lunch, it starts to very slowly decrease. And uh, by the time you get to sort of bedtime, it should be, it should be pretty low so that you can go to sleep. Um, obviously, while you're asleep, it should get even lower. And then it should stay low until morning when it spikes again to wake you up. So caffeine, I think, is probably one of the best descriptions of it. However, cortisol is triggered during a flight-flight-freeze response. Flight-fight, I might have said that wrong. Fight-flight-freeze response. So when you, become into, you get into a stressful or fearful situation, uh, it's going to spike. Now, that's good because it then allows you to think quicker. It then allows you to react quicker uh, and you've got that extra surge of energy that you need to deal with the situation. Of course, in any kind of fight, flight, freeze response, you're going to get other hormones as well being pumped into your body at a rapid rate of knots, milliseconds. It's very, very quick. And it's just like any stressful situation where maybe you've had a near miss in a car and uh, you've avoided the accident. You get pumped full of loads of chemicals. You miss the car. And when you play it back in your head, it's almost like slow motion. But your heart's beating afterwards, you, and you calm down fairly quickly because the fear, the danger is gone. Uh, but what we do get with, uh, uh, with cortisol and stress is that you get, not, you get a vicious circle uh, and quite often brings in anxiety as well. So you get a stressful situation in life. It could be illness. It could be loss of a loved one. It could be something else. It could be work but you get a continual stress level, a continual uh, state of higher alertness. And of course, cortisol then is gonna be kicking in all the time. And one of the first signs and symptoms of stress is uh, loss of, um, or lack of focus, or lack of being able to focus. The uh, lack of being able to concentrate, uh, fatigue, uh, short-term memory loss which I'm sure we've all experienced from time to time uh, so uh, you know and it's, it's something that we need to look out for recognizing ourselves and others uh, that you know that some change in uh, in demeanor maybe but when you get this long-term overload of cortisol 
uh, it attacks the brain cells, it's, uh, which again it creates that short-term memory loss. Uh, some people will have like a, with chronic pain injuries, which have a high level of cortisol all the time, uh, like fibromyalgia or other kind of chronic, chronic pain syndromes. Um, they have a brain fog because their brain is just being attacked by this stress hormone all the time. Now, the, the cortisol does directly attack the brain, but it does uh, create, um, um, let me get the word in right. Uh, <laughs> it does create uh, free radical molecules, basically oxygen cells, which are running around uh, with nothing to do. Uh, and they attack the brain cells. Uh, a bit like rust and rusting metals, oxygen and water attacking the brain cells, just like turning it into rust. Now with all this um, cortisol streaming around the body, we then have a, a massive impact on our, uh, on our fatigue. We start to get tired, we start to feel tired. Now cortisol will naturally give you a craving for sugary and fatty foods to try and replace the energy that you've burnt off during the fight, flight, freeze part, fighting the animal, running away from the animal, whatever it might have been back in caveman days. So we get this craving for sugary and fatty foods. Now of course, uh, a lot of people can relate that to having a stressful day and wanting to come home and eat chocolate. Uh, my wife's a great example of that one. And, uh, you know, she has that battle, that inner battle in her brain going, you know, I want chocolate because it makes me feel good. Um, but then the other side of her brain goes, don't eat chocolate because you'll get fat. Um, but quite often that emotional hook with chocolate, which has been triggered by the cortisol, is just uncontrollable. And uh, you've got to have some chocolate just trying to limit it to a small amount. But what we can do, recognizing the fact that this is triggered by cortisol, is maybe take ourselves into a state of meditation, a state of relaxation. Do something that will bring the cortisol level down. Massage, meditation, hypnotherapy, exercise. Uh, and uh, maybe you would just watch a, uh, one of your favorite comedy episodes, because that again will bring your cortisol level down. So yes, uh, cortisol. Great when it's when you need it, but not when you don't. Anything to add, Lewis? That was very in-depth, mate. I do apologise if that was too in-depth, but uh, mm -hmm. I, think people need, I think people need to understand why it happens, because it's naturally produced and we do need it. In small doses, in stressful situations, like, for example, you're going to do a driving test. That elevated stress level just gives you an edge. Maybe what you don't want it to be is a level of stress and anxiety that, prevent you from performing yeah in the right situation is good yeah, yeah you want that injection of focus and you know up your game briefly it's essentially like a sprint race like an analogy of a sprint race isn't it really yeah you know, cortisol comes into your body you sprint 100 meters you perform really well in whatever it is you know you've got a presentation or there's a, a crash yeah. car crash and you need to yeah. be alert or whatever it is you perform optimally in that situation but then it's important to actually step off the gas and allow that cortisol to subside because if you expect your body to run a hundred meter sprint pace for a marathon you're gonna die <laughs> yeah exactly you're gonna die so, so stress yeah. obviously stress is a good thing right when you do um when you do an extra workout you're putting your body under stress yeah when you're in a stressful situation in your life you're basically overloading your body with whatever it is you're doing you know putting yourself under pressure public speaking or something like that you know you're putting yourself under stress to get better 
stress is needed to get better. But like when working out, you need rest days, you need time out of the gym to actually repair and grow. And likewise, if you want to get better at public speaking, if you want to get better at you know, social anxiety, anything like that, which is, that stresses you out and scares you, you've got to give your body a chance to actually wind down, repair, grow, and improve on what it is you want to improve at. Yeah, and this is where, this on, is where you know, making sure you do take time out for uh, relaxation, meditation, exercise, uh, will help reduce all that stress. And uh, so, you know, the peaks and troughs will naturally happen. Uh, but if you're in a life situation where you're continually stressed, then you have to work harder at de-stressing. Yeah, 100%. Um, what I've found is I'm a massive, massive fan of meditation. I meditate every single day. I get all my clients to, I suggest they meditate. A lot of them do. Some of them do, um, they sort of create space in other ways to go for a walk or a run or they do some kind of stress reducing activity. Yeah. But when it comes mind for me, it's meditation. I hate running. I don't do running. That's not my, I can't have anything more stressful, unenjoyable in my life. So that's why I do meditation um, for my way of reducing stress. And I found that the more you do it, the, the better it gets. It's not just a case of you do five minutes of meditation, boom, you're nice and chilled out. Do five minutes for a week, then do six, then seven and keep increasing it. And you'll find that, those stress levels will continue to massively plummet and you'll just, you'll just improve your performance overall in all aspects of your life just from taking time out to actually not be stressed. You just take time out. Take 10, yeah? Take 10 minutes every day. It's that simple, really. If you make a conscious effort to take 10 minutes out of your day every single day to not think about anything, not think about work, not think about the kids, not think about relationships, not think about anything that's worrying you. Just be at peace with whatever it is. Be present in the moment. Go for a walk in the fields. Enjoy the scenery. You'll find that you will be mentally refreshed and be able to perform and focus better in, in general. Yeah, I think it's a case of if you've got constant high levels of cortisol, like Matt said, if you've got a quick injection of it, you get really, really focused for a brief period of time. If, however, it's like a drug, I suppose, the more you have of cortisol, the more your body gets used to it, the more it needs to actually improve its focus. Would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, well, you could also imagine if you were drinking strong coffee or having it intravenously dripped into you, you're going to just be buzzing all the time and you're going to get tired. It's going to overload you. Um, so you do need that time when you're not drinking coffee, not having that cortisol stress hormone. Yeah. Something else we need to look at on the flip side of the stress is um, serotonin, the happy chemical, the happy hormone. Um, you know, one of the things that it does is it depletes the happy hormone. Okay. It almost works like they, they, they're balancing on a scales. Uh, imagine the you know the the liberty scales or the scales of justice those kind of scales while it's equal it's fine when you've got happy time the the serotonin should uh, increase and your cortisol should decrease but of course it works in reverse cortisol increases your happy hormone decreases and uh, that can then drive you into uh, a, a cycle of anxiety 
which can also then lead to depression. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot to be said to depression and anxiety seems to come hand in hand, and that's probably due to stress. Uh, that whole uh, thing where you start to just excessively worry, uh, you're impatient, you're more likely to lose your temper, you're having more diverse or uh, uh, more, um, more mood swings. Uh, you may even find you just suddenly just feel like you want to burst into tears. Uh, you may have suicidal thoughts, which are perfectly normal. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot you can do to bring yourself out of that. Um, with men particularly, uh, we're more prone to having uh, uh, an addiction from this, whether it be alcohol, drugs or smoking or whatever. Um, women are less likely to. Women are more likely to seek food. Uh, both obviously have calories, whether you're drinking or eating, uh, but it also then has a, a, a habit of binge eating and drinking. Uh, so wh whichever sex you are, whichever way you uh, sort of tilt towards whether you turn to drink or turn to food, uh, either one is bad. You know, so uh, we try to avoid that. And if we can just realize what's happening to us or even recognize it in a loved one who, who you're close to. Uh, then you might be able to help them bring them out by just guiding them, getting them out, doing a bit of exercise, helping them to reduce their uh, their stress levels. I mean, something even just so, you know, sitting and chatting over a cup of tea, you know, that can reduce stress levels. You know, that physical, not necessarily physical contact, that physical interaction of communication, being in someone's company can help reduce stress. We are, by habit, by nature, creatures that like to be together so you know use that there's one thing that we seem to get more detached from because of technology is actually sitting down with people having a having a brew having a chat we'll rather text nowadays don't we yeah and yes. uh, we miss that social interaction and we need that we certainly need that definitely so you mentioned about the um the food and drink side of things calorie consumption yeah stress so I want to kind of transition now onto um, and touch a little bit on the weight loss side of things or weight gain, obviously, when it comes to stress. So <clears throat> from my side of things, from the, from the moment that I coach in my program, the when it comes to trying to lose weight, it's when they are massively stressed that they have bad weeks, when they don't lose weight, yeah? And generally, the reason why they've had stressful weeks is because they haven't planned their weeks and they haven't taken time out for themselves. Those are the two reasons why they get stressed and then they struggle to stick to their calories. Yeah. Because of a lack of planning and because they're super, super busy. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got to, if you want to, put steps in place to help you reduce stress. And obviously this is going to reduce anxiety as well simultaneously because anxiety is fear of the unknown. So if you've got a plan for your entire week, people will say to me, Oh Lewis, you're a bit obsessive with the amount of planning you do. Well, I'm flipping happy mate and I'm not stressed. So you should probably take a leaf out of my book, <laughs> not being arrogant or whatever. I'm just saying how it is. But we, we all know that when we've got things to do, if we can plan it, plan ahead, it takes the stress out of the situation. Whether it be going 
going on a journey to go and visit relatives, whether it be, uh, you know, you just got a lot to do that day, uh, whatever it is. If we, you know, if you were, if you did it as a business or in the military, you just go in without planning and it's just going to get a ratchet yeah. and then you're going to be stressed. Yeah. If you plan it meticulously, it will go smoothly. I would say the more susceptible you are to stress and anxiety, the more of an obsession you need to develop over planning. It doesn't, yeah. I mean, obsession, strong word. <laughs> but you just need to be make it part of your routine. That, that's what yeah. you do every day. And even if you just spend five minutes every morning planning that day and the next day, and then tweaking it, obviously, every morning because things change, uh, you're going to take a lot of stress out of your life. Yeah. But the way that I get the girls do I work with to do it is you have something called a weekly game plan, which is where, because most people's weeks are pretty much the same. You know, you, kids, school run, work times, times you go to bed, times you get up, they're always going to be the same week in, week out. What's going to change is what you do in between those things. So what we do is we have a weekly game plan, which is you can use just an Excel spreadsheet or you can draw on a piece of paper, whatever you want to do. And you best basically have, it's just a framework for the week that's, pretty much always the same yeah and that's your framework for every single day then what you do then is on a sunday you get out your to-do list yeah everyone's got a to-do list your li your to-do list may have 50 things on it the chances are of those 50 things on that to-do list there's probably only five things that need to be done this week realistically yeah I know you want to put, yeah, if I subconsciously, if I put 50 things on my to-do list, I'd get all 50 done. It doesn't work like that. And I'm sure you know that as well. You put 50 things on the to-do list with an intention of doing them all. There's only so many minutes in the week. Yeah. And when you've got other commitments as well, you've got to be realistic with what you're asking yourself to do. Otherwise, yeah, you, you just... feel to prioritize that list, don't you? Yeah. And it might change. It might change. Yeah. So I get them to have three tiers of priorities. So you've got tier one means that, this task cannot be left for seven more days otherwise it will be affected or it will affect something else yeah those that top tier there's going to be very few things that cannot be pushed to the week after yeah then once you've you know if you're giving yourself like two things to do a day realistically then those tier one tasks will be done on monday and tuesday and then then you've got wednesday thursday friday to either catch up on them just in case you have a crazy day or to do stuff from tier two which is stuff that needs to be done in the next couple of weeks and then tier three would be things that can be done whenever and then all you do is just you've got your weekly game plan you know what you're doing every single day you have you know, like an excellent way of doing it <clears throat> well it's been trying to test it mate on hundreds and hundreds of people <laughs> and then you you literally would then just you've got your to-do list you've got your game plan you'll have a set time each day where you work on your to-do list it could be as soon as the kids have come to bed you've got half an hour or an hour or it could be you smash it all out on a sunday as an admin day or whatever <clears throat> and then you just literally it goes okay seven o'clock time for my to-do list i've only got one thing to do today because i've been realistic and i know exactly i know i'm being sensible do the one thing boom repeat that every single day end of the week You've got stuff that has to be done. You've probably got more done than you actually planned to do because you were under committing and you've had a very productive week, a stress-free week because you've been planning. You've stuck to your nutrition plan because you've not been stressed and craving chocolate and you've actually been sleeping well, which we'll move on to in a second, Matthew. 
-hmm. And you're just having a good old time because you've planned in advance. And because you're not stressed and overwhelmed and exhausted, anxiety has subsided. Other people I've worked with, I haven't told them to, they've gone to obviously to a doctor, but they've had their anxiety and antidepressant medication dropped all because of planning. Because they're planning, they eat better, they exercise more, and it's just all comes in together and they're consistent because they plan. Can you tell I love yeah. planning? Tell I love planning? I think you might. <laughs> <laughs> Something we uh, haven't touched on is another, another chemical, dopamine. Uh, dopamine is in charge of your uh, pleasure and reward system. So if you, uh, when you get stressed, your dopamine, funnily enough, decreases because you're not happy. So uh, when you have too little dopamine, it can leave you unfocused, unmotivated, uh, tired, lethargic, and depressed. So uh, it's something that we, we might also recognize when we're suffering with stress. Um, it's, uh, it's, your, it's your motivational um, hormone. So it's what, uh, you know, indeed, our brain only wants to do two things. It wants to survive and it wants to be happy. Okay, and that's its driving force. Uh, so he wants to wants to stay alive and it wants pleasure uh, in simple terms. And if you've got low dopamine levels, it doesn't have that drive for pleasure and happiness. And, uh, and then that can have a, a whole world of effects of depression. And uh, yeah, and just lackluster for life. So if you're trying to you know, reduce weight, you're trying to get a more healthier lifestyle, you're trying to do more activity, if your dopamine levels are down because of stress, you're just not going to feel it. And it's getting that headspace sorted out first, which will give you that motivation, will keep you motivated, give you that energy uh, and determination to keep going forward, keep reducing your weight, keep doing more exercise, and, and just give you a much happier lifestyle. Yeah. One thing that I'd, I'd probably say is probably the easiest and most enjoyable way as a parent to reduce stress is to go and be a kid. Act like a kid. I know that sounds dumb, right? But if I ever feel stressed out, a little bit overwhelmed with work or whatever, got a lot on my plate, I'll literally go to the park with Evelyn and we will I'll chase her around the slides, we'll go on the swings together, we'll go down the slides together. I come home and I've completely forgotten about whatever was stressing me out. I just lost all, you know, cares or carefree and it may sound dumb and probably not even that effective, but trust me, it is. I go to the park pretty much every day. <laughs> well, you're combining several things there, Lewis, with um, social interaction, the love of your child, you know, the play, the laughter, uh, and being outside. You, you know, all of those things, we can put them all down into stress-busting activities. So, yes. yeah. So if you're looking to be a better partner, you want to be a better role model to your kids. You want to be less stressed. You want to be happier. Go to the park. We just saw. We just. We could have just said that rather right start, mate. <laughs> a very short podcast, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, taking ten minutes out. Go to the park. Yeah. Go on your own. Probably. And not. if you haven't got kids, just go <laughs> for a walk with nature. It's... Nothing more peaceful than walking through the woods and listening to wildlife and. Yeah, been through the trees. Even if it's raining, even the sound of the rain can just bring your stress levels down. Yeah, and that's that's a, a, a they do believe that's a fact from when we used to go through uh, famine, through drought. 
the sound of rain was a pleasurable noise because it meant life. It meant, you know, we could have water. So, you know, and that's real, you know, whatever you believe in, but real ground roots, DNA, you know, response. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we need water. We need that to survive. So, yeah, the sound of rain on the trees and everything in nature can actually be a really calming effect. Definitely. Right. So the last thing I want to transition to, we've talked about weight loss. We've talked about mental health, depression and all of that. I want to talk a bit about sleep and how sleep ties into everything. So... Mm -hmm. Can yeah. I just touch down, as we've been talking about the chemicals, if I just touch down on how cortisol stops you getting proper sleep, uh, and then I know you're going to be talking about sleep patterns, etc. So cortisol, being like caffeine, it will, uh, you know, you will get tired, you will get fatigued, you will go to sleep. But the cortisol level could really be, you know, very high. Uh, but you're so tired, you'll still sleep. And you could sleep for 12 hours, 16 hours, but wake up feeling absolutely exhausted and tired. And that's because the cortisol has not allowed your brain to go into REM sleep. REM sleep, REM stands for rapid eye movement. Now, they used to believe that was dream state, but they've now disproved that. Uh, but REM sleep is when your brain is doing its sorting out. It's um, decluttering its hard drive ready for the next day. It's emptying the recycle bin. Uh, you know, you can very much compare it to a computer in that sense. So that by the time you get up in the morning, uh, your your hard drive's clean and ready to start a fresh day. Um, we go for a cycle of REM sleep roughly three to four times a night. Uh, normally, after about an hour and a half, every hour and a half, we'll have uh, a 20-minute period of REM sleep. Now, if you're not getting that REM sleep because you're stressed and your cortisol levels are high, you may sleep, you may not wake up throughout the night, but your hard drive has not been defragged, ready to start the next day. And... The more nights you go like that, the more cluttered your hard drive becomes. So over a long period of time, your brain is just going to be absolutely swamped. Uh, and that's when the anxiety, depression and a lot of other problems start kicking in. Uh, chronic uh, fatigue, fibromyalgia, all these kind of things will start kicking in. So we need to keep that stress level, that hormone, cortisol the lowest it can possibly be at night. A simple way, you know, we've, we've compared it to caffeine. Uh, but a simple way of helping reduce that is by not drinking any caffeine after lunchtime. If you're a normal sleep pattern person, night shift can be a bit more difficult. Uh, but we need to monitor how much what we're doing in our life that we can very simply change. Smoking, for example, smoking actually raises your stress level. A lot of people use smoking as an excuse to go outside and de-stress. Well, in fact, smoking will increase your stress level. But what you are doing when you go outside for a cigarette is walking away from the stress, the situation at work or whatever it is. You're taking yourself outside. Uh, but you only kid yourself if you think smoking is actually helping. Uh, just take yourself outside, don't have a cigarette. Go and get some fresh air, go for a quick walk around the block. You'll de-stress far more than you would do just going out for a cigarette. Yeah. Something that I think a lot of people do is they don't actually acknowledge how fundamental sleep is to overall health they'll quite happily burn the candle at both ends like what i see with a lot of the mums that come to my program is yes you're super you've had a super busy day super stressed out day and you want some time for you and they and they swap a couple of hours of sleep for a couple of hours of netflix because they want that me time which is 100 percent understandable but if actually you're listening to this and you're thinking 
yeah, I definitely do that. I definitely sit up till midnight trying to have some me time. Maybe consider having an hour of me time instead of two and trying to get to bed a bit earlier because the overall knock-on effect, as we've discussed through this podcast, sleep is probably going to be the starting step to reducing stress is improving your sleep. Would you agree, Matt? Yes, uh, absolutely. Having that routine, uh, whether you're a shift worker or not, you need to get into some sort of routine that's going to be best for you. Now, everyone's different. I totally believe that. Um, but if you know you've got to get up at a certain time, you want to plan for a good eight hours sleep in that time. So you, you almost like you've got to work it backwards all the time. Um, and that's probably the best way, the best way I could, anyone can do it. Always work backwards because every day is not the same. One day you don't need to get up till seven. Another day you need to get up at half five. But if you're going to bed at the same time each night, you're going to obviously lose sleep and you've got to get up earlier. So just plan for eight hours. If you wake up early, then that's not a bad thing because you probably had enough sleep. You know? So always plan for eight hours sleep. If you're someone who needs more, eight's the average. Some people need nine, some people need seven. Um, but it, it, you know what you need. If you're finding that you're always waking up to your alarm clock and you're feeling tired, then you need to go to bed earlier. <laughs> it's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. Um, if you find you're waking up just before your alarm clock, you're probably getting enough sleep. Yeah. So as against about that time management and planning, include your sleep into your day. Don't have it as just an afterthought because that's going to have a knock on effect of increased cortisol, you know, not sick to nutrition, poor nutrition, no exercise, stressed out, and just that rolling snowball effect of hating life, anxiety, depression, going into, into a rut. And it can all be kind of nipped in the bud, essentially, I suppose, if you address your sleep and actually give your brain the opportunity to, to essentially clean itself ready for the next day. So you've got a blank canvas, no stress, no worries, wake up, start the day, blank canvas, rock and roll rather than waking up and like that said the recycling bin is just overflowing yeah. <laughs> imagine if you walked into your office in the morning and the cleaner hadn't come around the previous day or for a week and you have moldy banana skins paper all over the floor you'd be like you know what screw this I'm, I'm stressed out already that's essentially what's happening with your with your brain isn't it when you wake up in the morning and it's already cluttered full of crap from the previous week that hasn't been cleaned out yet so I was actually talking to one of my clients earlier, actually, who had a bad week of sleep last week. We were talking about sleep hygiene. Now, sleep, so all studies have shown, if I can find a study and put it in the show notes, potentially, if I remember at the time of posting this to actually do it. But studies have shown that if you have a, like a bath or a shower before bed, that you do sleep better. You have a better sleep quality if you go to bed clean. Yeah, as silly as that sounds, studies have shown that that's the case. So get into a proper routine. If you're looking to reduce stress, get into a routine with your sleep. Start there. So get a shower, get a bath. Personally, I find that baths are more relaxing than a shower. Whatever works for you. Then you can go to bed. I've got a, a sleep or a bedtime routine that the girls in my program implement if they suffer from insomnia or stress-induced lack of sleep or what have you. And it, in a nutshell, it generally is a case of go and get a wash, get into bed, five minutes of meditation. Yeah. If you don't fall asleep during that five minutes of meditation, then you can then 
write whatever's in your head, yeah? What you're worrying about, what you're panicking about. Write it on a pad. You can write it on your phone, but if you write on your phone, try and have a blue light filter so that you're not waking your brain up with that light. So just write essentially, we'll just go for a pad, notepad, write down whatever's in your head, and then repeat it again. Five minutes meditation, and just keep doing that until you fall asleep. Yeah, the chances are the reason why your brain isn't switching off is because, like Matt said with REM, and relating it to a computer sort of thing, you've got RAM, which is random access memory, which is basically the front end of the computer. So the programs you've got open. If you're not shutting those down, which is what's kind of your think, what you're thinking about on your, what you've got to do tomorrow, if you're not shutting them down, then the computer won't shut down. It'll come up with a warning saying, this is stopping shutdown or whatever. This program is stopping shutdown. So shut down those thoughts by writing them down. Just keep repeating that cycle. Get a wash. <laughs> Get a wash. Get in bed. <laughs> meditate for five minutes. Write down whatever's on your, on your mind, if anything, and just keep doing that. Keep shutting down those programs, those thoughts, so that your brain can then go to sleep and actually clean itself and wake up in the morning. Fresh as the daisy. Absolutely. That was a lot of analogies in there, a lot of computer analogies. A lot, a lot of metaphors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Long story short, you want to reduce stress? Yeah. Get away. Well, I, have a, I have a list here, Lewis, which might be a nice way to finish off. A, a list of things that you can do to reduce stress. Now, my list is quite short, so I'm hoping you can add to it as well. Um, yeah. But exercise is probably one of the key ones that we can all do for free. Simple as that. Exercise. We're just going for a walk, just being outside in nature, just doing something that just gets you out and gets you moving. That will reduce your stress. Uh, clean eating. Now, that's something we haven't really spoken about on, on this. Well, maybe we should have done. Uh, but clean eating, something, food that has no toxins in it. No processed food. So clean eating, you know, making things from scratch. There are plenty of other things out there that you can, obviously you can eat and don't necessarily need to make from scratch, but just make sure it is a healthy option rather than a processed option. And your body will appreciate that. Your body, you, you know, it will respond in kind. Um, other things you can do yourself then, uh, more indoorsy, uh, meditation, self-hypnosis, hypnotherapy. There's loads of stuff online. Uh, there's also going to be stuff within uh, with that we'll produce as well for you. And, uh, and then the final one I've got down is uh, sleep pan routine. That will help. Yeah. Anything to add to that list, Lewis? Uh, yeah, a couple of things. First okay. of all, will be the, the planning side of things. Make sure you've got a plan for your entire week. Plan as far in advance as you can. Um, like I've already mentioned, if you want to recap, go back to about halfway through the podcast where I talked a bit about planning. And uh, that's going to help reduce your stress. The biggest thing for me, though, that I see people getting stressed about is they've got a bad mindset. They've got a very, very bad short-term fixed mindset, which means that they are solely focusing on the negativity, overthinking the negativity in their life, which is going to put some, it's going to make you sad. Yeah, it's going to make you sad. It's going to stress you out because you're generally going to be focused on things that aren't in your control. And because they're not in your control, you feel out of control. And that is not a good place to, to be. So as well as Matt said, exercise, sleep routine, self-meditation, eating better. Then I mentioned about planning. You, the biggest change that I saw, for me personally, I used to be a very, very angry man. I used to fight a lot. I used to be extremely stressed out. 
I went to see the dentist once and she said that if I didn't reduce my stress levels, my teeth were going to freaking fall out. That's not even a joke because my gums were that, my blood pressure was that high, my gums were that full of blood that my teeth were getting damaged by my increased stress levels. And the biggest shift that I made was changing my mindset to only focusing on what was in my control. That is it. If you solely focus on what's in your control, you plan and make a plan to address those things that are in your control whilst doing what we always talk about, sleep, eating, exercise, you're on to a winner. That's it. Before I go into mindset for hours. <laughs> well, we're going on to mindset next, I'm sure. That'll be one of our podcasts. Yeah. Look out for the mindset podcast. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully you've all enjoyed it. I've really, I actually really enjoyed this episode. Uh, even just talking about it today has made me realise that I need to change some of my habits sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's very easy to slip back into bad habits. Uh, like I say, staying up late. That's one that I do too, far too often. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I just watch another episode. And, and you mentioned Netflix. There are other TV providers. <laughs> <laughs> there are other stress-induced providers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. providers. Oh, one thing we haven't touched on, which is a passion of mine, actually, and I'm surprised I've missed it, is you're ch changing your screen on your phone to your blue light filter. Yeah. You know, I have mine coming on and off automatically at sunrise and sunset. So, and I think all phones do it now. You just go into the display settings somewhere. Uh, if not sure, just use a search engine online and you can probably find out um, for your phone. So, you know, just changing that blue light filter on your phone will, uh, and you don't notice it once it's changed. You only notice it when it changes, but you don't notice it once it's changed. It's very weird. Yeah. And, uh, and just that will help start uh, increasing your, your melatonin, your little sleep hormone at night. It will help reduce the cortisol because you've not got that bright light in your face. Uh, and we're, we f spend far too much time on our phones. We know we do. We, we're all guilty of it. Um, but um, you know, a simple thing like that, just making sure your phone's set to change at sunrise and sunset for your blue blue screen filter, it'll make a big difference. Hundred percent. So let's quickly recap. Okay, I haven't written anything down, but let's see if we can remember. Sleep routine. Yeah, get a structured sleep routine. Make bedtime. I would say a non-negotiable. Yeah. Work backwards. Yeah. To decide what number, many hours you need. Yeah. And obviously that was going to be test and adjust. Just be aware of how you feel when you wake up. If you wake up knackered, maybe because but you've not had a, but you've had a good night's sleep. Maybe going back an hour and getting a bit more or whatever. So sleep routine, planning, that's going to help you stick to eating better and fitting in exercise. Time for you, and only focus on what you can control. Yeah, recognizing the signs and symptoms of stress, then you can do something about it. Absolutely. Matthew, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. Always a pleasure. Yes, definitely. Look forward to the next one.